church. I want you guys to know I'm so encouraged by the stories that I've been hearing the last 14 days. I'm telling you, I'm kind of freaking out. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like this. Just the stories, the texts, the emails, just how God is leading you, how God is guiding you. Aren't you thankful, church, for the Holy Spirit? Right? Just hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? He's actually more than a story, more than just a, a, a figure in some uh, pages from a book. He is actually the living God who is giving us the power that we need right now to live the life that he's called us to live. By the way, I want to say this with all those supernatural stories I've been hearing from you guys the past two weeks. I want you to do something bold, if you wouldn't mind. Before you leave here today, share with at least one person with how God is moving in your life, how the Holy Spirit is moving in your life. At our last leadership meeting, I encouraged our leaders to share stories, not just about other people, about them. I wanted to hear how God was moving in their lives. And as they told these stories, as they shared their experiences of how the Holy Spirit was moving personally in their lives, I'm just telling you, as that was spoken out into the atmosphere, do you think it might have just been a tad bit encouraging to everyone else around them that heard? You think? So I want to encourage you, find one person to uh, to share that with. And don't overwhelm them with a novel. It doesn't have to be a three and a half hour Lord of the Rings uh, kind of thing. Just the Cliff Notes version, right? Short and sweet. This is what God is doing. It will encourage those around you. But more than that, even more than that, may you be so bold to tell someone who isn't here. All right, this is where it gets a little spicy, a little saucy, right? Where you, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's someone at Starbucks, maybe it's someone at your work, maybe it's someone uh, that is at your school. Just let them know. This is what God's doing in my life. Now, they might look at you like you're crazy. Let's be honest, you are kind of crazy. You are. If, just, if they reject you, if they're like, oh, no, whatever. You know what the Bible says? Just dust off your feet, move on. Don't even worry about it. Let it... Uh, let it just slide off you like your Teflon. Don't, don't even worry about it. But here's the deal. Some people, in fact, I would say hundreds, maybe even a couple thousand in our community would love to know that Jesus is real, would love to know that he's real and that he cares. And your story of how God is working in your life might be exactly the catalyst, might be the ignition, might be the spark that they need to launch them into the next season of the story of their life with God. So may we just be that bold church to share our story with somebody else. So at the end of our series, Living the Life, told you how excited I was to preach this series because there's nothing that I'm more passionate about than this topic. And I also told you, if you remember the, a couple of weeks ago, I said this passion came from a broken heart. Remember that? Came from a broken heart. Don't you know that many of the areas we're most passionate about come from the areas where our hearts have been broken the most? For me, my heart is broken as I see Christians settle for so much less than what God has for them. And so my passion is to see the men and women of God, the people of God who have been saved by the grace of God, to see Christians not just kind of hobble their way into heaven, but instead that you would run, that you would run, that you would finish your race well, and you would not spend even one day on earth living the Zoe abundant life that Jesus Christ died for. Now, I've already covered this. To live this life, you must receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And you must choose the daily walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If you missed either Sunday, do you guys know how to find the podcast? Have you heard of iTunes? Right? Just get on there, listen to it, watch it, whatever you need to do. Today, I'm concluding our series by talking about living in the influence of the Holy Spirit. That by the Holy Spirit living in each one of us, we are meant to influence the world around us for the name of Jesus Christ.
Now, right away, you start talking about influence. You go to ideas of being famous, right? You got to be famous. You got to be popular. I don't know uh, where your sphere of, you know, what you're watching these days, but maybe you're thinking of the Kardashians. Uh, maybe you're thinking Donald Trump. Maybe you're thinking LeBron James. Like, these are the people of influence. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Christian influence. I'm talking about the power that you, regardless of what your name is, first name or last name, the power that you right now have to influence the world around you for Jesus Christ. Did you know that? That you have that power? As my brother Doug would tell me, Dan, you are more powerful than you realize. So you might never be a celebrity. You might never be the president of the United States. You might never be a professional athlete, but you can be a person of influence. I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, I believe that you are called to be a person of influence. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are a minister, a representative of his kingdom. And I want to show you in his word. I hope you guys brought your Bibles. I want to show you how the Holy Spirit wants to move through us to build up his church and to advance his kingdom. I hope you guys are ready for this. You guys ready for this? I'm ready. It's going to be a good day. All right, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians in the New Testament. It's before 2 Corinthians. So if you're in 2 Corinthians, just go back a little bit. If you're in 3 Corinthians, your Bible's just wrong. Um, that doesn't exist. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I said this a couple of times. I want to say this again. I'm not going to be able to cover everything that I could cover on this topic in 30 minutes, not even close. In fact, I decided I'm going to come back to the subject of the Holy Spirit in the month of August. There's just things, topics, ideas, uh, really just words I believe the Lord has laid on my heart that we want to make sure we get out there. But uh, we're not going to be able to get it all done in the next 30 minutes. And I also want to say this. I, I don't know this for sure, but I have a hunch that for many of you, this is going to be the first time that you have heard some of what I'm talking about today. It just is. The reality is some of you, you have never heard what I'm about to talk about. And for this reason, I'm excited for you. But I also believe this. By the time that we leave here today, you're going to be just a little bit excited as well. So here we go. First Corinthians 12. I guess you'd have to be open to it. But if you're open, I think you'll be excited. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want, to, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Verse 7, now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Amen. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. Quite the list. Verse 11, all these are the work of one Spirit. Everyone say one Spirit. One spirit and the same spirit. He distributes them to each one. Everyone say each one to each one, just as he determines. Now, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit. So as to form one body, 
This is whether we're Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. Now, if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? I love that rationale. He says, if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, verse 18, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, hey, I don't need you, feet. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. This is getting good. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. That's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good. So there's these gifts. Did you notice that? These gifts to be given to all of us so that each one of us can be a part of the body of Christ. Now, again, I understand for some of you, you have never heard this before. And I just hope you're paying attention. I, I think you're really going to enjoy this. And I just want to start by saying this. A couple things from the passage. First is this. And if you're taking notes, write these down. First is this. The Spirit gives us different gifts. The Spirit gives us different gifts. Christianity is so amazing. Not only do we get salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Not only do we get the Holy Spirit to help us. But now we get to actually receive different gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12.4 There are different Kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. And then number two, the Spirit gives each one gifts. Each one. Each one. Verse 7, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I really want you to think about your life as I'm, I'm speaking today. Your life, not the person to the left of you or to the right of you, but your life. As a spirit-filled believer, you are going to see the spirit manifest himself in you and through you. Anybody notice that the last couple of weeks? Anybody that was baptized in the Holy Spirit? Anybody just kind of even surprised by that? Have you noticed how the Holy Spirit, there's this desire that he has to move in you and through you? Has anyone noticed that? Raise your hand. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Now, he's not going to force you. I've also noticed that as I've walked with the Lord. I have a choice to make. But he's ready. He's willing to manifest himself through you with these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it isn't just for special people, by the way. It's not just for super spiritual people. It's not just for crazy people. It's for every spirit-filled believer who gives the Holy Spirit, so key, who gives the Holy Spirit permission to flow in you and through you. And as your pastor, I hope that that's you today. I really do. I'm praying for you today. Paul actually gives us the list of these gifts of the Holy Spirit, or as verse 7 uh, talks about these manifestations of the Spirit. Again, if you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. First one, to one, there is given the Spirit, uh, through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. 
A message of wisdom. So the Spirit, He moves in you in such a way where you have a message of wisdom that flows through you by the Holy Spirit. And right now we gotta catch this. This is not the kind of wisdom, uh, this is different than just being a wise person, right? We can, uh, admit and, and look and see and hear that there are a lot of just wise people on this earth that are just, you know, full of wisdom. That is not what we're talking about right now. We are talking about a supernatural God who comes in in a supernatural way, works through you in a specific way to meet a specific need where the power of God in a moment moves through you and gives you a message of wisdom. For example, I'll never forget this. I'm 24 years old. and pastor. I got these two ladies bickering. And sometimes bickering happens in a church, but they were fighting bickering and they wanted me to fix it. So, okay, well, let's let's give it a shot. So I'm, I remember I'm in the lobby of this church and these women, um, they were bickering. Like, um, they just picked it up where they left off and, and they just started going for it. And then one lady, she's like, I'm out of here. I've had it. I'm gone. And so she gets up and I'll never forget it. I don't even know if I'd do this again, but I said, so-and-so, you sit down. <laughs> so-and-so, you got to stop talking. And I just for like 15, 20 minutes, I'm just going for it. And then at the end of it, they all were like, yeah, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? Yeah, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? And they became friends. It was unbelievable. But can I just tell you, as a 24-year-old man who still had his voice cracked from time to time, I did not have the wisdom to handle that situation. In fact, I don't even know if I'd tell anyone to handle it that way. But the Holy Spirit, He came into me, He moved through me, and He gave me wisdom. Not my wisdom, but wisdom from heaven above, because He loved those ladies enough to share that wisdom with them. Do you guys get what I'm talking about? To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Again, this is different than someone who's just knowledgeable, different than just kind of a knowledge you would receive from going to school. Some of you guys know I'm getting my master's again. I, I restarted that. This would be different than just, you know, hard study or even walking through uh, an experience and getting knowledge from the experience. This is spontaneously revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And you need to know this. There might be a time when the Lord, by His Holy Spirit, if you are willing, that the Lord will want to manifest Himself in your life by giving you a word of knowledge. I I hope you're ready. See, God might want to influence those around you by giving you a word of knowledge. Now, again, I get it. At this point, if you've never heard this stuff before, if you've never heard about the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestations of the Spirit, you're like, what is Pastor Dan talking about? Buckle up. <laughs> I hope it's not scaring you. I hope it's getting you excited. Right? I really do. And I guess it's the posture and the attitude that we come into today. I hope it's not freaking you out. I hope it's just like, man, tell me more. Tell me more. Here it is. I'm going to tell you more. To another, he says, what? Faith. Faith by the same Spirit. Everybody say faith. Hey, this is so important. The Holy Spirit can give us, in an instant, supernatural faith. One of you, and she's not here today, but one of you told me this one time. And it got me thinking. She said... Now, she believed that Stephen was able to die the way that he died. Remember Stephen when he was stoned to death, just so full of grace, so full of love? But she said he was able to die the way he died because the Lord, the Holy Spirit, gave him a supernatural faith that he needed in that moment. So that got me thinking. So I opened up the Bible, and in Acts 6, 8, you see that Stephen, he was full of grace, full of power, a man just full of the Holy Spirit. He's doing wonders. He's doing signs among the people. But then some of the Jewish people, some of the Jewish leaders, they're not happy 
not just what he's doing, but also what he's saying. And so he's brought before this council of a bunch of people who are not happy with Stephen. And if you've read that, go ahead and read verse uh, 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 the book of Acts sometimes. And you're going to hear this tremendous speech from Stephen. But then towards the end, he, he says some things kind of doesn't make him too happy. And so this is what happens. And I want to read this account, but I want you to pay attention to uh, the disparity. Honestly, the disparity between Stephen, who is full of the Holy Spirit, and then these men who are filled with something else. Here's what it says. Now, when they heard these things, when they hear these things Stephen's talking about, they are enraged. They grind their teeth at Stephen. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice. They plugged up their ears. They rushed together at him. They cast him out of the city. They stoned him. The witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen... He cried out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice. This is the last words of Stephen. Do not hold this sin against them. And then he dies. I'll never forget when that person from our church told me that. And they said, there's no way that any of us could do that in our natural power, right? By our own strength. But the Holy Spirit gave Stephen the faith in that moment to endure what he went through, even forgiving, come on, this is radical, crazy kind of love, right? Even radically forgiving his murderers as they killed them. And I think that person is right. I think this message, this message, it shows this manifestation of faith, right? A supernatural capacity to believe in God, to believe in the promises of God, to even face an evil, horrific situation, trusting wholly in the Lord. To another, the gift of healing, healing, healing. For those, any of us living by the Holy Spirit, have you ever had the Holy Spirit begin to move through you in this way? And just in this way of healing. I'll never forget, I was at this service in Spokane, and I asked for prayer, and the people that laid hands on me, uh, as they laid hands on me, I was instantly healed of two herniated discs. Instantly healed. It was just the Spirit moving in divine healing. To another, miraculous powers. Miraculous powers. This is literally the display of power that goes beyond our natural abilities where everyone around you knows like, wow, what is happening right now? This is not just something that humans could do. This is the power of God. To another, prophecy. Prophecy, this one's very important. Many of you, if you think about your walk with the Lord, you've actually seen this, right? You've seen the Holy Spirit manifest himself in this way. This is where you're supernaturally empowered to proclaim God's heart, to speak forth the Lord and his heart into a situation or maybe into a conversation. Now, often when we think about prophecy, we only think about one side of prophecy, which is the predicting of things that are going to happen in the future. And this is, by the way, definitely a part of prophecy. I'll never forget Micah, our worship leader. I'll never forget his dad comes into Spokane and he prophesies over me that I was going to make a music CD. And then he actually came out into the parking lot and he said, Dan, it's not album. He goes, put an S on it. It's albums. Making a music CD, it wasn't even on my radar at that time. But of course, three albums later, come on church, three albums later, I can see how that prophecy came true. 
But see, much of how God wants to use us in the prophetic is actually speaking his heart into a current situation. We've got to understand this. I, I don't think uh, Christians sometimes grasp this, but it's not always just something in the future. He's actually speaking into a situation that's in the here and in the now. And, and this might happen where you're sensing that God is moving and it's an environment where God's spirit is uh, moving and he begins to manifest himself through you, he stirs you up to proclaim what he's doing. Think of it this way, that he is giving you the words to describe how he's moving. He gives you the gift of prophecy. Example would be this. I feel like the Lord is telling us that he wants to heal some of us today. Have you ever heard someone say something like that? Right? I just feel and I sense that the Lord is wanting to heal some of us today. Do you remember that worship night that we had a couple months ago where someone said that? And then that person actually gave out specific ailments. There was three ailments that that person called out. And do you also remember at that worship night that the three people that had those three elements all raised their hands? And so we went to each person and we prayed for them. Yeah, you know, that's me. Would you please pray for me? Sometimes uh, we move in the prophetic when the Holy Spirit gives us a picture or a dream or a vision. Have you ever had that happen in your life where you're like, wow, where did that come from? Many of you have had that happen. Most of us probably have had that happen. In fact, if we did a little survey, many of you had that happen just this week. For me, the, the spirit of uh, this move of and gift of prophecy, it's most exciting for me in that small group setting. Maybe you've been there where you're just sitting in a room and it's kind of quiet. And then that person, you know that person, right? The one who normally doesn't speak very much. They're kind of quiet. They're maybe more introverted. And all of a sudden they start speaking up. Have you been there? And then everyone's just like, right? You know what I'm talking about. You know that the Lord is there and the Lord is speaking. What's happening in that moment? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is manifesting through this person as they speak forth the things of God. Pretty good, huh? Pretty good. All right, to another, distinguishing between spirits. This is when you get that spontaneous, supernatural insight into the spiritual world where the Holy Spirit reveals to you maybe just some of the spiritual dynamics that are at play. Maybe it's in a specific person's life. Maybe it's in a specific situation that you're in. Maybe it's a room that you've just walked into. And the Spirit, He gives you the supernatural, divine ability to distinguish between things that are maybe demonic or things of the flesh or the Holy Spirit, things of God. I've seen this gift manifest in my wife again and again. We'll just be going through something and all of a sudden she'll say, you know what, this is not of God. So this is not of God. This is actually demonic attack we need to pray right now in the mighty name of jesus all right to another uh he says speaking in different kinds of tongues were you here a couple of weeks ago when i talked about tongues remember that now and i know some of you received your prayer language praise the lord awesome but this is different than what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Remember when we talked about a couple of weeks ago, this was the Spirit falling on people. They would all speak in tongues. Remember we talked about praying in tongues. We talked about uh, praying at all times in the Spirit. Now instead, what you got to picture this and in, in the context of this chapter, what he's talking about is this manifestation of the Spirit. This public manifestation. This divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit speaking through a person and you find it and you hear it than speaking in tongues. You see this, have you noticed, every once in a while on a Sunday morning? Have you been here on a Sunday morning when that's happened? Right? And then it comes out. And you'll notice, and they'll just proclaim, just begin to speak these things, right? But have you noticed that you don't know what they're talking about? <laughs> like, what was that? 
It's this unknown language. Well, praise the Lord, Paul, right after speaking in tongues, he has interpretation of tongues. He says, to still another interpretation of tongues. In this, so there's this public manifestation, this expression of tongues in the church, primarily, by the way, for the purpose of praise. Praise to God. Every once in a while it might sound or look a little bit more like prophecy, but most of the time it is just praise to God. But then Paul says there must always be an interpretation. Anytime you see this manifestation, again, of tongues expressed in our gatherings, there's got to be an interpretation. You know why? This is because corporately, anything that we do together, it has to be done for the building up of the church. And so tongues without interpretation, that wouldn't even make sense because it wouldn't be productive, would it? It would just bring confusion. Again, we'd just be like, I don't even know what that guy's talking about. And so, with this interpretation of tongues, it is the supernatural divine ability to communicate the meaning of a message that was just spoken in tongues. Paul even tells this in, in one of his uh, uh, letters. Actually, I think First Corinthians. He says, the one who speaks in tongues can have the interpretation. Do you guys know that? Some of you guys didn't know that. He says, the one who speaks in tongues, they should pray that they could interpret. Again, why is this? Why would you even say that? Because God's great passion Any leader in the church, our great passion is for any of these manifestations of the Holy Spirit that they would be, what? For the building up of the church. Not the confusion in the church, but the building up of the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, he says, So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, right? Nothing wrong with being eager for the manifestations. Come on, Holy Spirit, move in this place. We're open and ready for you to move in this place. But he says what? Strive to excel in the building up of the church. And we always have to be careful with any manifestation becoming a distraction, becoming a confusion, especially with tongues. Paul understands this. This was actually happening in the Corinthian church. And so he said, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others. So like I'd rather say five things to you in English so that we can kind of go somewhere together than to speak 10,000 words in a tongue. So we don't have to spend a lot of time. In fact, you'll notice this at Life Spring. We do not spend a lot of time speaking in tongues on a Sunday morning. But boy, there are times when the Spirit is moving in a special way. And He fills a person with a message. And that word, it comes out in another language. And then, what do we do at that point? We wait. Have you noticed that? I always wait. Even if the worship team wants to keep on singing, I'm like, wait a minute. That was a message. Let's, at this point, I have no clue what's going on. So let's see if someone's got an English interpretation or translation of what just happened. And so you wait. You wait for that interpretation and it comes out. I've heard Leo do that a couple times. You guys heard Leo a couple times? And I was like, aha! And have you noticed after he says it how built up you are in your faith? Have you ever been like just jazzed? Like, woo! Woo! Sorry, that got in the mic too loud. I love it. Love it. Built up, built up, built up. It's so sad to me that we don't talk about these things. It's so sad. Again, my passion is for you guys to live the life. And people have been Christians for decades and are so afraid of this stuff. It just breaks my heart. And it's why I'm just a tad bit passionate about it today. 
So here they are, these manifestations of the Spirit. And he says all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now the rest of the passage, he talks about this distribution of the gifts of the Spirit to each one, and as each one has these gifts distributed, you begin to see the body of Christ, a body begin to develop, begin to form, and begin to rise up. One body but many parts. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Now this is beautiful to me. This is when you see people operating in the gifts of the Spirit, yielding to the manifestations of the Spirit, and you begin to see a healthy body of Christ at work. But I hope you notice that it says each one of you are a part of it. You're a part of it. Every one of you. You're needed. Your part matters. Your part belongs. Say, I am needed. Say, I belong. And the question I'd have for you today, it's, it's a simple question. Are you open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit that He might want to give to you? Are you open to how He might want to manifest His presence through you so that you can function as a necessary, needed part in the body of Christ? Are you open to His move in your life? Again, we totally screw up this body of Christ analogy and, and the, even the way Christians think about the body of Christ. He's talking about what the Spirit wants to do through you. That's your part in the body of Christ. How He wants to manifest Himself through you. Not just special people, not spirit, super spiritual people, not crazy people, but through you. Each one of us. To be open to how God, the creator of heaven and earth, would want to manifest his spirit through you. That is your part that you would play in the body of Christ. And I don't, I just want to encourage you in that. Are you open? Are you open? Are you open? Are you open to his move in your life? Now, I don't have time to cover some of the other passages. Ephesians 4, Romans 12, they talk about the body of Christ. They talk about these different gifts that make up the body of Christ. But I don't even want you to get bogged down in the specific list of gifts that the Bible mentions. You do not have to worry about what gift he might give to you. By the way, you don't even get to decide what gift he's going to give to you. What I do want you to be concerned about and just a tad bit worried about is this. Am I, Daniel Allen Bursch, Open to the move of the Holy Spirit in my life. Ask that question. Be concerned about that question. Be a little bit worried about that question. Am I, as a created being, open to how my Creator might want to move through me? The main passion for all of us should be us giving the Holy Spirit permission to manifest Himself in our lives. However that might look. In fact, I don't spend a lot of time on specific gifts, though today I did and I mentioned them. But unfortunately, this is why I don't. Because the tendency of humans is to worship the gift instead of the one who gives the gift. Have you noticed that? Uh, The tendency of humans is to worship the manifestations of the Spirit instead of worshiping the Spirit who gives us the manifestations. Have you noticed that? We just get a little bit sidetracked. And so don't get caught up with what part of the body you are. They all matter. They all belong. They're all important. You just focus on giving God everything. 
You just focus on giving God permission. God, I don't even know. I have some questions. I don't even know what's going on, but I trust you. I'm just going to ask you right now to move in a powerful, divine, supernatural way. But church, again, don't get caught up in what your part looks like. you got to trust the Holy Spirit. By the way, the Holy Spirit is really good at his job. He's been doing it for a long time, and he has never, never, never made a mistake. He's perfect in all his ways. He's really good at distributing the gifts according to what is needed. you got to trust him. Trust him that he knows what gift you should have and when you should have it. If you walk into a room and he stirs you up to share wisdom, then share wisdom. If he lays on your heart a prophecy, then you prophesy. If he gives you a supernatural measure of faith, then rise up in faith. I know so many Christians who are just scared of this stuff. They saw it kind of go dysfunctional. They saw it kind of go unhealthy. And they are just freaking out, so scared about this stuff. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Be open to the move of His Spirit in your life. I come across way too many people who don't do what God is stirring them up to do because they're either stuck in the past, just stuck in, well, like in 1977, this is how He moved. And so you're just stuck there and you can't be open to how He wants to move today. Or I find this, people who are stuck up here, they're just stuck in their own heads. Praise the Lord that He gave us intellect. Praise the Lord for rational thinking. I, I love it. You know what? You know my story, pre-med biology major. I love science. I love thinking. I love all that kind of stuff. But it does us well. But sometimes we just gotta let go of this rational thing and just radically obey the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We just get stuck. You know how I know that? Because if Jesus walked through those doors right now, and he told one of you, hey, I want you to be a full-time missionary in a third world country. You know what you'd do? You'd go. Every one of you. If you you'd be like, yes, here I go. But when the Holy Spirit comes and he speaks that word over your life, we rationalize the stuffing out of the words of the Holy Spirit. We give our 30, 40, 50 reasons why it would never work. And we don't do what he's asking us to do because we want it to all make sense up here before we obey the Spirit's leading. Today, I'm not even talking about being a missionary. I'm just talking about letting the Holy Spirit manifest Himself through you in powerful ways in your everyday life. And again, it's whether He manifests Himself through you in a message of wisdom or knowledge or faith or healing or miraculous power or distinguishing of spirits or speaking in tongues or interpretation of tongues or any other way, church. Can we, as the body of Christ, Decide today that we, LifeSpring Church, would be bold enough to play our part in the body of Christ. To do whatever He might be asking us to do and have it look however it might look. Be bold, church. Be bold. People are dying. Be bold. Have you noted, have you read the news? Be bold. The Lord stirs you up because He loves this world. He loves the people around you. And He wants to love them through you. Now make sure whatever you're doing, it's for the building up and not the tearing down of people. By the way, if we ever think it's out of line, as your leaders, we'll talk to you. We've done that before. It's not to defeat you. It's not to discourage you. It's just that we make sure everything that we're doing is for the good of God's people, for encouragement, not confusion. But you need to trust the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Trust the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be afraid of how He might want to manifest Himself 
in you and through you. Be bold, be bold, be bold, be bold. And if you've never heard this before, if you've never thought in these ways before, if this is all just kind of foreign to you, I just encourage you, you want to just give yourself some grace. You don't have to have it all figured out by the time you get out of this building. But would you also be bold enough, and I mean this, would you be bold enough to allow yourself, give yourself permission to get just a tad bit excited about what God is doing? Because God is here. God, even now, He is here. He is with you. He's in you. He wants to move through you. He wants to use you to influence those around you for His glory and for His kingdom. He has a part for you to play. Do not worry about what your part looks like, but whatever it is, you need to play it well. Play it with excellence. Don't live in fear, church. Be fearless. Church, don't live ashamed. You live in freedom. Church, don't live comparing yourself to everyone else. Live your life fixated solely on Jesus in the face of Christ. Say yes to the Spirit. Say yes to His move. Say yes to His stirring. Say yes to His prompting. Say yes to His leading. Say yes to the Spirit. Say yes to the gifts that He wants to distribute through each one of you so that as we express the gifts of the Spirit, we see the healthy body of Christ rise up in the power of God. Church, would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. Lord Jesus Christ, right now I pray over this room. I pray over this room that your spirit would just fall afresh on us today. Fall afresh on us today, Lord. How many of us are waiting for someone else to stand up and get out of the bleachers and enter the game? How many of us are wishing that you would just call somebody to come in and shine the light of Christ? We're just wishing that you would bring someone to speak forth the things of God. And yet, God, you're calling us. We are the body of Christ. And it is a healthy body that your spirit distributes to each one different gifts so that each gift is being truly just operating and shining and speaking forth the things of God. The world would see Christ. So Jesus, move in this place. Fall in this place by your spirit. Shake up the ground. We've been praying that every day for months now. Shake up the ground. Shake up the ground of the spirit of the American church that needs to be broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Shake up the ground, Lord. That your spirit would fall fresh on us today. That it would be good. That it would be wholesome. That it would be just a a, a thing that we would cherish and adore and praise. As your spirit just begins to move in us, that we would just worship you in praise and just sing your praises and, and a smile would come upon our faces and our hearts would just be full of joy and our bones would be strengthened by the joy of the Lord that we would just begin to leap in you, Jesus, in your presence and say, God, your, your presence is so good. And you'd say, now, child, as I fill you up, as I stir you up, now just let me, who I am, the Holy Spirit, let me, who I am, my identity, my passion, my love, my grace, my mercy, let me begin to be expressed through you. May the Holy Spirit be manifest through us for the, through us for the building up of His church. So Holy Spirit, just move. We give you permission to move in this place. word is so strong that we would not live in fear any longer, but we would trust your Holy Spirit. That fear is limiting. Limiting. It's limiting. It's as if fear has built a roof 
that is keeping us down. And right now, Lord Jesus, just soften our hearts to where we could trust you. That fear would have no place in your presence. That your perfect love, even now, would just cast out all fear. That we could come to a safe place of just trusting your spirit. That your spirit isn't here to divide. Your spirit isn't here to cause confusion. Your spirit is here to build up the body of Christ. And whatever lie that we had believed otherwise, just let it be gone in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for this moment. It's such a special moment with you. And you're speaking in so many ways, even now. And I feel that. I, just, I, I think many of us could say that. We feel that tangible faith rising up in this room. That the people of God are rising up in faith in God. And so, Lord, we pray that you would send us out from this place full of your Spirit, but not just so that we can kind of just be happy and satisfied. But may we be full of your Spirit so that your Spirit would begin to be manifest through us for the building up of your church and for the saving of many people and many lives. Thank you, Jesus.